Hello and welcome. welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. It's the second podcast of launch season. We're looking at the cars that have gone this week. There's four. What are they? You probably already know, but we'll discuss them later. I'm joined here by Freddie Coates and Nigel Chu, who spoke yesterday about the Mazzy news and some various other kind of regulations, changes going on in F1 ahead of the season. So if you haven't listened to that, then check that out. Or if, even if you have listened to it like you know watch if you listened to it last time watch it on youtube or something you know it's, it's all views to us but yeah um but after you've listened to this thing you can check that out because we are talking about alpha tari williams ferrari and mercedes looking ahead to what this season might bring or might hold for them and what we make of their cars so far but firstly i'll introduce both of you since i've talked enough already freddie how are you Oh, I'm wonderful, Adam. I'm doing absolutely great. I'm really excited to get stuck into four more cars for 2022 season of Formula One. It's going to be brilliant. I think we've got some lovely little opportunities for great discussion from what we have on the table here today. We've got some very nice ingredients with the Mercedes, the Ferrari, the Alfa Tauri and the Williams. I'm really happy. Nigel, <laughs> I should introduce you because Adam it's doesn't a, want to. A, Hi, a, Nigel. Welcome to the podcast. It sounds like Freddie's had some other ingredients to himself. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, hello. I'm, I'm very excited, excited as well. Not, not as excited as Freddie. <laughs> not, not as quite as excited as Freddie, but uh, after seeing the cars this week, I think we could be in for a spectacular season, hopefully. Ooh, which one is your favourite? Which car? Wait yes. till the end. Uh, oh, it's hard to say. You put me on the spot. Ask me later. <laughs> okay, well, stick around to the end of the podcast yeah, so you can yeah. find out that. That's um, what I'm going to say. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, fir- the first one uh, that launched Monday, I didn't note that down in the uh, thing. Yeah, launched on Monday was Alpha Tauri, the Red Bull sister team. Red Bull, yeah, still sister team. It's kind of connected yeah, yeah. with Alpha Tauri. They've become a bit more distinctive than they work with Toro. So, but yes, they've launched their 2022 car, which Pierre Gasly and Yuki Sonoda will take to the track with. And gentlemen, what was your initial thoughts upon seeing it? Oh, well, initial thoughts. Uh, delivery is all right. Not probably not the best out there from what we've seen. Uh, and the car itself, I guess the big question is whether, the, whether this is what the Red Bull might be like. And if it is, then they've gone with a kind of double floor concept, which Aston Martin, which we saw, saw with, with Aston Martin. So that's what caught my eye. Uh, but yeah, I, I think just compared to what we've seen more recently, the Avatar didn't stand out as much compared to the other cars. Yeah, the, the I think I agree with Nigel on that. Delivery's okay. There's a few bits of it that I find a bit kind of odd. And a few bits that I think really pack a punch. So it's kind of like, hmm, nice. Um, I think the packaging, it's very interesting at the back of the car with um, the Honda power unit. It's kind of very definite, but tight at the same time, if that makes sense. And I found that kind of intriguing. Um, It seems a really relatively tidy package. And... You know, I think it's going to be your classic Alpha Tauri car, really. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. A, you know, a good plug-and-in-play car that is easy to handle and so on. There's no no indication that it's anything radical or anything crazy, but there's no indication that it's anything awful either. So, good 
for me it, it didn't it didn't excite me like not gonna lie yeah, the, the delivery was a, I, I don't like that color scheme it's just a bit bland and that kind of stuff was my main thought with it but i get why people like it as well yeah the front wing was really low to me i don't know if that or i don't know if, it, if it's got rake or we thought or there's the talk last year was there wouldn't be high rate cars and everyone would mm. have low rate cars well i don't know if it's if it's just the front wing's really low or whether the Alpha Tower is, is still a bit high rate, because maybe Red Bull might do the same thing. And tradi- traditionally, those two teams have had high rate cars. So, uh, yeah, that would be something to, to, to look out for uh, when the Red Bull launch their car. Uh, well, they have launched their car when they roll out their proper car. Show yeah, as they've shown how a Red Bull livery might look on a car that won't be theirs. That's kind of all they've done so far. I know what you mean about the the engine packaging. It's very, just kind of vacuumed onto onto the components that are there. You, mm. it, it feels like you can see so much of what's underneath the skin from there. And it also seems to be kind of higher at the back or kind of come down, um, come down to a lower height than some of the other cars we've seen. So I don't know, you know, again, whether that will still be there when it takes the track but it does seem to kind of have a bit more more height on it and yeah it's i, I agree with you with the um the low front wing it's not what we've seen so far from from the cars but i will, yeah, I will say was... on regards to the um to both those things like on the low front wing i kind of feel like they all look a bit low in studio but then on track it looks quite it still looks higher than the aston martin took everyone by surprise by how high it was running on track but it didn't give any indication that it was going to be such a high nose and front wing package. So I think with that, wait and see on track and they'll figure it out. But I imagine it won't be as low as you expect and close to the ground because that comes yeah. from the middle of the car for the ground effect in the Venturi tunnels. Um, and yeah. then with the tight packaging at the back, it kind of, yeah, it reminds me sort of of the McLaren, which is kind of just like a smooth taper um, at the back. And I mean, the McLaren's not exactly very, like you say, vacuum, but it's kind of it's similar in kind of the way they sort of just as a car concept to my crude non-aerodynamic experienced eye it looks like it flows into itself nicely in a way with the mclaren and the alpha tari in a way that a few others don't necessarily look like they do in my opinion but who knows and then kind of the other obvious question is how how similar how much can this of this can we take um information on the red bull packaging which, as we've just alluded to, we've not seen at all yet. Well, I think the key will be what's underneath, because I think what we see on the outside, uh, that's not where the performance is going to be made. It's going to be what's underneath, and what we can't see. So that's where it could be more similar. Uh, so even if they look different on the outside, I would expect that they've gone with similar routes with the airflow, and how to, how to direct it. I, I would suspect that they've got similar philosophies in that sense. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, and just mostly from the back of the car, it's going to be pretty similar. Um, but really, at the end of the day, we're not going to see the Red Bull car until this time next week from at Barcelona. So really, it's it's all kind of semantics at the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be. We've seen in the past sometimes the Alpha Tower is easier to handle than the Red Bull. So, and obviously, Red Bull will be hoping that that's not the case this year. They'll be hoping that uh, it's an easy car to set up, or is there, and that they've still got 
a competitive advantage over Alpha Tauri. So I think that that'll be the key for most teams is what are the what are the new philosophies for the cars? Is it easy to set up? What what is it like with the bigger tires? Uh, does it handle well? You know, all, all these all these things because I think it is a massive reset and everything that we know that we know that we know from last year. Uh, it, it might be the opposite this year just because of the massive changes. On that point, moving on to the drivers, Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda. Gasly finished ninth, I think, off the top of my head last season. And it was a pretty good season, maybe a few races where you kind of felt what might have been. But he was kind of one of the, one of the standout drivers. And then Tsunoda kind of not, after a good first round in Bahrain, he kind of fell away and didn't really live up to the hype that, hype that some people were expecting what are you yeah what are you expecting from uh, these two this year do you think there'll be any change i think with pierre I mean, what more can he do he's doing fantastically over 2020 and 2021 there's no reason why that shouldn't carry on to 2022 unless there's some fatal flaw with the way he's driving with these cars um i think we should expect i think we should expect from pierre um his peak from last year which seems to be sort of fifth sixth place all the time but he would seem to every now and again, we'll just fall away from that and just be inconclusive. I think really what he should be aiming for is fifth and sixth across the board all the time. Um, Sonoda should be aiming to be kind of a follow-up to that. He's, he had a really good start and a really good end to the season, but the 20 races in between those two <laughs> weren't necessarily fantastic. So I think he needs to really just prove himself as a consistent, safe pair of hands in a way that Gasly has been able to do. And hopefully then Pierre and Yuki will be will be mighty because I think they've all got a good bit of potential in there. And I think, I think I'm impressed with them for giving Geeky another chance and I hope it works really, but he is one of the drivers on the list of could be out of F1 at the end of this year. So who knows? Yeah. The pressure is really on Sonoda because there's five uh, Red Bull affiliated F2 drivers this year. And if one of them or two of them perform well, and Sonoda could easily find himself out, out of F1. So it's a make-or-break season for him. And for Gasly, he's just got to try and keep that advantage that he had from last year, which was quite big sometimes. Uh, whether he can, he probably can, you know. I mean, it's all about how confident Sonoda is, especially in the first few races. I think that's where Sonoda's season could be decided. decided if he gets off to a bad start, then... We could see like last year where it takes him a lot, a lot of time to regain that confidence. So for the start of the season, in, in, in particular for Sonoda, is going to be key. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. We kind of alluded to this um, last episode talking, or last launch episode talking about Perez and his kind of, whether he'll be retaining that seat. But I, I don't really think there's too much upward pressure from either... Alpha Tari or the Red Bull Junior team at the moment, kind of on on that seat. I I can't really looking at kind of the list of drivers that are there. If we excluding Gasly because he's just not, you know, from what we've seen, he's not going to get another chance. Then I just can't really pinpoint kind of anyone else that's going to be putting pressure on, you know, even the Alpha Tari seats. The only one I can think of is Albon because they the, the Red Bull management are very very pro Alex, so depending on what he does in Williams, who knows? Um, but there's a lot of work to be done there from his side to be in a favour for a main Red Bull seat. 
or an Alpha Tower seat, really. There's, there's a reason he's in the Williams. No, I think, I think Liam Lawson could put pressure on Sonoda's future. I think he, I mean, this is a whole different story, isn't it? You know, F2 drivers, but I certainly don't think Sonoda's seat will be safe because I think there's a lot of talented F2 Red Bull junior drivers, you know, Lawson and Vips as well. You know, if, 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 if they finish top three. Yeah, and how of course, yeah, the F3 champions. If they finish top three, I think Sonoda could be in massive trouble if he doesn't have a good season. Yeah, I just, I think with, with all the drives in there, there's kind of asterisks against them. I think that's the that's the only thing is it seems, you know, there's kind of, I don't think, no, there's one, there's a couple of rookies, but obviously kind of more senior drivers. I, I just don't think there's kind of been that kind of standout campaign so far. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it will be a really interesting one to follow. Like you say, I think he's at risk if someone can put that top three season together. But just looking at the list of drives, I think they all have to step up. I don't think there's any, to me anyway, I don't think there's anyone going into this season that I'm thinking, you know, they they should, if they do what's, what I expect of them, then they'll finish in the top three, I guess. That's interesting. I've got different takes that. Well, like I said, that's a completely different conversation. For, yeah. Uh, for a different yeah, we'll day. probably do an F2 conversation at some point down the line, but there yeah, is, um, there is, a million possibilities of the way that championship will go. We always know that. So who who knows? But I think we, they've got. I think if, you, if you've got five rebel affiliated drivers, you can probably. It's probably better to hedge your bets and say that one of them will do all right, um, just on law of averages. But I mean, we're way we're way out of that conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we will. Once F two gets underway, then we will do that conversation. But it's it's so interesting to you know obviously it all links together. So yeah, it's interesting to. Discuss anything else to add on AlphaTauri before we move on to the next car that we've launched this week. I mean, I think the problem AlphaTauri are always going to have is their peak ceiling. Their ceiling is always going to be front of the midfield. They're never going to break into the top two. So, pretty much every other team, you'd say, you know, one day they might get back to the front. But AlphaTauri have never been at the front. So, that is a problem they're always going to have. Uh, so I'd say expect it. I mean, that's why we always see them as, as the dark horses because we don't expect them to be at the front. So then, when they are in the top five, top six, you know, that's a great result. Uh, so yeah, I think that's just, that's something that's always going to be there for them. See, yeah. I, I, think- I kind of with with that, it's. The, the frustrating thing seems to be that they they never seem to be able to put together two drivers having a kind of top six, top, top seven race at the same time. I think they, you know, they've not, I think they in their history, the they've... Um, they have had the yeah, car but recently. Their best car. Like last year, last was year, their best they, car. Last year on average, yeah. they were the fifth fastest car. They were, ahead, they were but, only behind McLaren and Ferrari from a midfield perspective and that. Whereas really, when they had the Stafford and Sides... They're probably like seventh or eighth fastest car yet. Yeah, yeah. Second size, two brilliant drivers, mm. and they both it's, brilliantly. It's, yeah, and it's just that kind of in in the past few years they've not not been able to have both drivers getting in the points. Even you know, forget kind of the top six. They, I think they had four, three or four last season. Um, kind of even less the season before, where given given where that car is and the fact that you know they've got a fair amount of top top six, top seven finishes over that time, but 
it's just the ways one driver's able to put it together and the other one isn't. And I, th- I, th- I don't I, really know the kind of reasons for that, or you know, it seems frustrating. I think I'm I think agreeing with Nigel in that that seems to be more down to the drivers than to the team. Um, mm. I think there's a lot to say for uh, Alpha Tauri making a very very tidy racing car, and yeah, there's the glass ceiling of maybe they'll always be behind Red Bull, but there's the reason they've been rebranded as Alpha Tauri. So who knows? Maybe this rule change is going to be, and with budget caps and so on, there's going to be a bit more thrown at it, but. Um, that's a long way down the line. That's one of those teams with like five-year plans and stuff like that. But there's a reason it's not being called Toro Rosso anymore. And there's a reason they've kept mm. Gasly there. And even if even if it is spin, even if it is PR speak, the reasons for that are to make it its own separate team. So if maybe they can stick to that and in a long-term perspective, you'll have them as two teams with just with links, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I, that's just yeah, that's a pipe I, think dream, that's, I guess at the moment but mm, I, I think I guess in the general sense that just seems to be where they can where they can make it run if they can get both drivers having having better weekends together that'll just you know that's where they kind of need to make it run on the other teams also they got fourth and fifth at Abu Dhabi I completely just did not realise that because I mean there was a lot more going on in that race but fourth and fifth yeah that was the best race of the season yeah yeah um, but yes, moving on in a day forward in time to Williams, who are announced with Nicholas Latifi and Alexander Albon as driving. And I've actually got a Williams-themed hoodie accidentally on today, except not in the bit that's on the camera, so I've had to stand up for that. But yeah, they launched their car. It's a different colour scheme, much more blue, taking the ZRS off, which lots of people are talking about. How relevant is that? We don't know. But beyond that, the car, what do you... What do you think? I like it. I love it. It looks absolutely amazing. I think it's one of the, one of the best looking. It's one of the best looking F one cars I've seen. I absolutely love the blue on it, and it just looks so slick. I mean, oh, did they all do? But in particular, the Williams looks incredible to me. I think it looks good. I think it looks really good from the side angle and the studio shots. I thought looked great. Um, on track, it looked good as well. I think there's one little bit that I didn't like, which is the kind of bit on the front that's a kind of like V kind of thing. And I just kind of thought that, that didn't, I just didn't like that. And that's kind of made me a bit like, okay, that's marked it down a bit. But I think it's really nice. And I think it looks really good as a Formula One car. I think it looks like a Formula One car in a way that some Williams haven't looked like in recent years, naming you know, 2019 awful looking cars. No, we wouldn't want to name those. I, I think it looks. Fantastic. And they do a great job of not having the not letting the lack of sponsors kind of take away from the appearance, I think. Um shiny. It's a it's a, yeah, it's a return of Chrome. It's it's the kind of weird team Williams. I think with, with Russell leaving, that's I don't know, taken away that's obviously a fair chunk of the optimism around it. And then it's whether Albon can come in and kind of re reclaim the form that he showed at the start of his F1 career. Yeah, the quality of the driver lineup has taken a hit, you'd have to say. And whether Albon can take that role of Russell, of you know, having outstanding performances every now and then, it's very questionable. Personally, I don't think it will happen. Uh, I think the TPUs is going to push in quite hard. And if that's the case, it kind of suggests a bit like Aston Martin that the drivers are not fulfilling the 
potential of the car, perhaps. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because we have got that benchmark of Latifi versus Russell, so now we're going to see Latifi versus Albon. I think one thing that stands in the favour of Albon is when he was doing his best performances, where he was in the very drivable Toro Rosso car that we've just previously talked about, the, the basics of that car is that it is incredibly drivable. And he was able to use that to be on hit the ground running very, very well. He didn't actually drive a Formula One car ever until testing. Whereas you look at someone like Latifi before he drove the Williams, he was a test and development driver for Force India, Williams, Mercedes all over the shop. So there's a lot of drivers who are there who've got into a Formula One because of money, a lot who've got in because of talent, a lot have gotten because of mixture. And Albon, to be fair, got in because he showed up because of with talent. And I think. I think we're going to see him in an entirely different environment. And I think that would, I'm, I'm hopeful. I obviously not going to put my cards on the table and say he's going to be amazing because I think he's going to just be good. But I think he is a good racing driver. And I think Latifi at the end of last season, particularly was a very good racing driver as well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the two of them. And I think people are going to unfairly rank them based on assumptions that I think they're both actually going to be doing quite well but everyone's going to think they're doing badly because they've had very very good teammates but yeah if that makes sense well, well that's that's the thing in F1 isn't it though it is the difference between the good and the great and if they're in the good good side of it not the great then there is that problem but I don't think you can say that there's different if you just then have lots of great drivers then a good driver is then going to be still is going to be con- like considered differently like someone's got to finish in a position don't they <laughs> it's like it's, I, th- I think you've got I think you've got good uh, sorry great good and average and there's I don't know maybe three four great drivers on the grid and you know then I think Alvin is probably in the next camp where he's kind of right there with the competitive drivers that probably might never reach the kind of very highest echelon but I think is still very capable of having a successful F1 career and I, I'm I'm excited. I, I think coming out of this season, we could be talking about kind of a rehabilitation season for Albon in kind of, you know, image and reputation. And I certainly hope yeah. so. But I think there is I think there is more than that. And kind of looking at, at the kind of back of the grid from last year, you've got Alfa Romeo, Hassan, Williams, and they've all got the kind of, you know, secondary driver who's there potentially for financial reasons you know that you wouldn't put kind of in the top top echelon of drivers in the grid and then you've got Schumacher, Albon and Bottas as kind of the lead appearing to be the lead drivers for the team and I think you can make a case that Albon could be the leader out of that come the end of the season or we'll have to wait and see um I, I, I'm hopeful that they'll have good performance and I'm hopeful that the team will be in a decent position. I don't know whether they will be because you can never tell um, with a team that's been consistently at the back for the past few years that there's no reason why they shouldn't, why they should leap forward and stuff like that. But there's no reason why they shouldn't stay at the back and so on. It's, it's one of those potluck kind of moments. I'm not offering any insight here with anything of what I'm saying, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think what... I, sorry, I'm just saying that I want Williams to do well. I'm, yeah, we want all the teams to do well. I know, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, and I think, yeah, Williams is one of the teams that's probably I'm the closest to being a proper fan of. So from that perspective, I want Albon and Latifi to be absolutely doing brilliantly. 
Um, I don't think they're going to be doing amazingly, but I think they're going to be doing a good job. I think I think they're going to be unfairly judged throughout the year. But I hope that we have an Alban Gasly year, that kind of thing, if that makes sense. If Alban wants to return to Red Bull, he will have to be Williams' lead driver because you know, if he's not, there, yes. I don't think that hey, return is going to be like The last time he was but, teammates with Latifi, he was in his second year of F2 and Latifi was in, what, his fourth year of F2? And he absolutely hmm. trounced the fella. Um, hmm. So... Yeah, so I think that's what I expect to happen. I think the car, I, I, I expect them to, you know, be battling on the fringes, fringes of the points as well because they had a lot of wind tunnel time because they finished tenth uh, in twenty twenty, didn't they? So then they would have had the most wind tunnel time. They would have had twelve point five percent more. I think it is than uh, Alpine, who were fifth, and then that's like the base car and stuff like that. So they've had a, a lot of time to work on the car. So. You know, there's a lot to be hopeful about Williams. It's just whether they've done enough compared to everyone else. Mm. Is Nicholas Latifi the only F1 driver, current F1 driver that any of us have met? I think he is. Uh, I'm just trying to remember because I bumped into a lot of them, but like actually shook hands of uh, with Latifi. As yes. Well, um, oh, there we go. Home team, home <laughs> driver for this season yeah. then. Um, He's just a lovely yeah, guy, isn't he? And he's been through a lot this off-season and he's been very candid about it through the Williams launch and so on. He was very, very open about the fact that he was sent death threats and that he felt scared when he was going out and he went with his girlfriend to Winter Wonderland in London and he hired security because he was scared being in the middle of the UK having been sent death threats by Lewis Hamilton fans, fans so-called fans, just horrible, horrible stuff. He's been through the, the time of it and I'm really happy Williams have given him given him the olive branch of a third season because I think he deserves it. I think he drove very, very well in 2021 season. He definitely picked up on his performances of 2020, which were subpar, let's be honest. His 2021 performances were growing throughout the year. He had some very good drives and he was out qualifying and regularly on the pace of George by the end of the season very, very comfortably. And that wasn't a distracted Russell. That was Latifi doing well. So... I think, I I think he's a, a driver who's actually shaping into a very decent Grand Prix driver. Yeah, especially race pace. He was very close to Russell. Yes, qualified. He was sometimes quite a bit away. Yes, he outqualified him sometimes. But in race pace, on average, he was he wasn't that far behind at all. And you know, this is George Russell, who some people think is a future world champion. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if if he, if actually in race pace, if he's got the better of, of Albon, perhaps. He gets tarnished with the wrong brush, just Latifi, in my opinion. Yes, maybe. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll see the season. I guess at the end of this season, we'll be able to answer that. I think as well, yeah. like George Russell is one, looks to be one of the fastest qualifiers out there. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know, being, being far away from him is not, you know, not the worst driver to be lacking pace in qualifying too. But do, do you think that he needs... Do you think he needs to kind of hit a performance level or do you think he needs to improve to keep his seat? Because it's a weird one again with the money. I think, I think as long as he doesn't drop off, and I think yeah. it's pretty said, as long as he's, I guess, I hate using this word, but solid or decent. I know that's a rubbish word to use. but as, no, as makes long sense. As he's, yeah. As long as he's those things, he doesn't have to do anything incredible. He's just got to not do, not be awful. Uh I think if he keeps on the current trajectory of his F1 career, 
mm. he's safe yeah. with Williams. I think he's happy there. They love him. I think I'm pretty sure from all the mm. stuff they say, they're never negative about him. And, um, you know, he's, again, the adjectives are mediocre, but he's doing good. And, mm. you know, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I feel we said a similar thing Most about bit of Perez. insight in the world. I think we said a similar thing about Perez last week as well. Uh, you know, how they don't have to perform incredibly. Yes, yeah, different you know, cases. They don't it's different when you're a team fighting for the World Championship and a team fighting for solid performances yeah. and, and just fighting to have consistency in your car, let alone consistency in your, in your winning. So I think there's a, a Perez kind of figure, yeah, would need to you know, put his finger out a bit in, in the Red Bull, but Latifi would need to prove, you know, he's hitting his marks every day and in the race he's performing to the exact sort of millimetre of what he needs to do to get the performance and that's an entirely different I mean the rawness of it is the same but um, it's kind of like yeah Perez has got to have that absolute belief and fire in his performances whereas Latifi's got to have that kind of consistency in that um calculation to his drive and I think he's getting there I think he's doing I think he's with there with that in my opinion yes I agree I think it's it's an interesting team to watch I think if yeah I, I, all of them are to be fair but you know I, I think there's there's a bit about this team um, and just quickly as well Williams have kind they've done a, mm, there's more of a clear out than or less of a clear out than I thought but they brought Zach O'Sullivan into the driver academy who we all like me and Freddie have spoken to and Logan Sargent moved up to F2 this year. So I think there is some um, some kind of promise there as well. Jamie Chadwick will hopefully be moving up to a high Formula Series as well. Um, she's not doing the Ruby Series again. So there's kind of stuff there too. But again, this is the F2 podcast. So we will move on and move on to the team that has maybe got most people excited, I think, um, judging by the reaction and... The car, again, it's a stunner, I think, especially from the front on it kind of looks yeah. similar to some kind of, you know, the, the 1990s cars from this team. Mm-hmm. And that is Ferrari, who, yes, people are excited about. They've gone a very brave, I think um, Benosso used the word brave Ferrari um, to describe it. It's got kind of troughs on the side pod, kind of valleys, um, which is obviously a direction that none of the other teams have gone and it's kind of whether it's it's brave or stupid really or whether both are the same thing the, the um the livery yeah. is lovely um it's basically a return to the to the last livery endo ferrari basically signed off which is this black and sort of proper scarlet red proper murray walker scarlet red and I really like that because we can just look at it and go, yes, that's that is the team that's been here since day one of the championship because it looks like the team, if that makes sense. It's not just a prancing horse on a car that's really bright orange, um, in my opinion. Um, so I really like what it looks like. I think fans have been calling for that kind of look for a long time and they've done it. And no wonder it's, it's won a lot of, of love on the social media sphere. I think I put a tweet out for the Aston Martin launch a few um, a week ago or so saying um, these side pods are the most exciting since 2011, referring to the U side pods that were basically big dips on the side of the McLaren um, in that year. 
And I think these are the most exciting side pods since last week um, in that regard then, following on <laughs> yeah. from that. Um, because, yeah, it's just a completely different concept to anything anyone could have imagined. I mean, I think the car looks really interesting. I think aerodynamically, it's it's one to get your head around. Um I don't know how it sort of aggressive. flows into itself. It is aggressive, but I mean, aggressive doesn't necessarily mean good. Um, like as a package, it's kind of a bit like, oh, lots of things. Okay, hopefully it works. Um, it, it, it's not an obvious car, but, you know, I like that. And I, I hope it works. I really hope it works. Um, it just gives me a sense of kind of like, oh, and then, oh, like you get with Ferrari. I just, I, that's my kind of gut feeling. Does that make any sense? No, I think that does make sense. I think I think I'm quietly confident Ferrari are going to be the car to be, or one of the one of the cars oh, to be. That's it, it, it looks. I mean, the, the car itself looks. If it looks as good as it is fast, then you know it's incredible. I mean, I think it's, it's the best looking car I've really? seen. Really? Okay. It is absolutely incredible. I, it's, I don't think there's such thing as a perfect F1 car, but given the regulations and the way F1 has gone, that is as good as you can get. Whoa. Whoa. I really think. Whoa. I'm not, I really That's getting big clipped. Words from, big words it's from Nigel. <laughs> so, uh, but we've been yeah. here before with Ferrari. We've been here so many times before. 2016, it's like, well, we're going to win the championship. 20. 2018, it's like, wow, look at our race pace. We're going to win the championship. And just nothing. And it's just like, uh, things... Yeah, they're going to win the championship this year. They've got exactly. the drivers. Terrible. They've got good drivers, yeah. But they've had good... The Ferrari, they've always had good drivers. But Leclerc and Sainz, arguably the two best drivers they've had in the last five or six years. They've had, what, out of four drivers? Out of four, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Because I thought, like, if I, if I include a Londo, you can't really say that. So that's why I had to. But no, I think, you know, with Bonotto leading the team, his technical mind there, and they've been, you know, bigging up 2022, even last year when they had great results on the podium multiple times, they've always, you know, said that they wanted to concentrate on this year. And I'm really confident that the 14 year reign is going to finally come to. Uh, to an end, so oh, I really, I really hope so because you know everyone's a Ferrari fan, and I know Adam's not, but everyone else is. Um, and like, oh, it's just I love them, and I want them to do so well. I, I do want them to win, but I just, I, I hate, I don't, I don't like to think Ferrari going to do well, even when they're on like pole position. I think they're going to lose the race. It's that kind of thing. It's just. But I just if you think don't about trust big, them. big changes uh, to the technical regs, 2017, they went from you know, 2016 to 2017, they were challenging for the title one year before. They were nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, 2014, it was just the engine. You know, Mercedes walked everyone with, with, with the engine. Oh, and they then, had a car to make it work as well. Ferrari were way off. Yes. Yeah, but even the Ferrari car itself, I don't think it was that bad. It yeah, wasn't great, though. There was a squashed. reason it wasn't good. Um, but still, and then, yeah, 2009, I guess you got the excuse of they were in a championship fight and stuff. But I really think they've got it right this year. I really do. 
I mean, uh, we'll, I really, we'll have to I really hope so, but I don't know what you're basing it on. You're just basing it on rhetoric. And, and, and the fact that the car looks just done. I mean, the, no, the kind all, of side... They all, they all can say we look, we're going to do well. They all can say we focus on it for some time. But I mean, by that logic, Hash should dominate. And they're not going to, in our, all of our opinions. But we don't know. We just don't know. And <coughs> I don't know. I mean, I think we both have very different gut reactions to this car. Because I think, yeah, mine was that I, I don't <coughs> trust it. And yours was... But it's the best I'll, thing to ever happen it. in the history of F1, which is I, which is I, shocking, in my opinion. Well, I, um, I, I kind of, I kind of half buy into both. I think it looks absolutely stunning. I think especially just all all the side parts, the kind of air, air intakes on the side as well. I think they're the only team that have gone kind of as, as letterboxy as that. And yeah, it's. But on the flip side, it's kind of all this talk about you know being a brave Ferrari and everything. That all sounds great until you turn up and. You know, actually, see it on track, and I just don't know whether I kind of trust the kind of different direction they've gone into all the other teams to kind of. I'm in the same kind of camp as you, Freddie. I just don't know if I trust it. I don't know if I can trust it. Do you remember the hype around McLaren in 2017 when they basically painted their car orange? And everyone's like, oh my God, McLaren are going to do wonderfully. They're going to be brilliant. They're going to do so well. And it's one of their worst and they years did that in the history oh, of wait. F1. And then the same with Aston Martin in 20, like they had James Bond at the launch and that kind of thing. It was like, oh my God, Aston Martin, they're going, I think Aston Martin are really going to do this and they're going to do well. Just because they said they were going to do well, then they didn't. And that, yeah, I really, I really want them to do well. I really want you to say, I told you so when we get to Bahrain. And I just... I did last year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was the one who said Red Bull would do well. I remember saying, I told you so yeah. to you. <laughs> we, we, I, I think we both did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah. Uh, don't we'll count your eggs. We'll don't count your eggs I, I yet. Just, this car's only run on I, track I, on a filming day at Fiorano. <laughs> what it's designed know, to do. Been, I've just been confident about Ferrari for a few months. I just, I think everything's come together. The drivers. <laughs> Everything is the timing. The timing of it is perfect. Like Leclerc will be in his fourth season. Science is even more experienced. I think, you know, I, I, I just believe in them. I really do. And I've not felt that for, for Ferrari for a long, long time. That, that I'll tell you what. But I, I wish like I was you. I new wish new I did. Year. I wish I did. But... No, you don't wish you was me. You, you do not. No, I don't wish I was you. I wish I believed. Um... <laughs> I wish I believed in Ferrari in the way that you do. But, um, you know, I think they'll do well. They're Ferrari. They've got inherent infrastructure that designs and builds good Formula One cars. That is just the way they exist. It's in their, it's in their nature. But oh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I agree. The drivers are ready. I agree. The team has probably focused on it. But, Ah, I don't know. It's just so sort of. Here's Formula One cars for 2022. Yeah, there are a few little intricacies, a bit of tricks of the trade going on. They're all got their own philosophy. But at the end of the day, there's that. And then there's this Ferrari car, and it's like, oh, okay. Is is Picasso your designer? Because you've done some kind of cubist F1 car. It's not got like an ear on the side of the front (laughs) wing. My answer to that is, I think Ferrari are the team so far that have shown the most of the actual car from, from the launch. I know the teams have been out and done shakedowns and film days and stuff. Yeah, from you're the actual right. Look, I think Ferrari That's are the fair, one yeah. who's shown, shown the car the most. 
I think the the last thing I'll say on this is my favourite quote in kind of all time is Mike Tyson. Mike, Mike Tyson saying everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I don't know whether Ferrari, I don't know whether I trust them to bounce back from being punched in the mouth. I think Mercedes... They already and, have, to be fair. Yeah. They bounced back in 2021 from being punched in the mouth in 2020. Yeah, to be but fair. Not, like, not at the level that they might be this season. Like, I don't think they were coming coming oh, from idea. a different place, coming from a different level of expectation. Um, I think this season, I just don't know whether I really trust that. Having said that, I also would say, I think the, the driver lineup is up there as the best in the sport. I, it, top three, I'd say it's, Definitely I don't know where I'd put it in the top three, but at the same time, the, the other two teams that I'd put up there are, you know, the teams that are probably most most likely to be challenging them in Mercedes and Red Bull. So, you know, while it, you know, it depends where they are. If they're, if they're battling the same teams as next season, I think they've got distinct advantages in the drive lineup, but that's not where they want to be fighting. So, yeah. We will see. We will see. Mm, not we long now. To Maybe we won't see. <laughs> well, we won't see because it's not televised, but, you know. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> The second one is so everyone's fine. Um, yeah, let's move we on. Ted's, we still get Tez's notebook, guys. Come on, that's all you need. That's all you care about with testing. Still get it. No, we get this podcast. Oh, you care about. <laughs> You're saying that for yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And whatever. Right. So Freddie's okay. That's all we need to know. Right. Yeah. Moving on. Before, as he says, yeah. On uh, Mercedes, it's a fantastic quote because it just you can you can apply it to every team that is successful and unsuccessful, and it's brilliant. And I love it; it's fantastic. I'm going to use it as my prism that I view all sport through in future. Anyway, moving on to Mercedes, who are definitely a team that can be punched in the mouth and recover. Yeah, they've come back to silver. Freddie's happy. It was Freddie's favourite launch as well, and they've launched. The team that I would say is up there is the uh, I don't know. I think it's up there is the most talented driver lineup. I don't know whether it's the one that will work best together, but I think in terms of raw talent, it is the best. Um, yeah, it's they're they're starting again this season, wanting to reclaim their crown that they will believe wasn't you know stolen from them maybe in in Abu Dhabi and the car. I don't know the car they brought out. It seems to me, it seems to be uh, one that could do the job. Yeah, very, very tightly packaged, really neat and tidy. And I think it's the car that resembles the most from last year's machine. Actually, even though the regs have changed, there's something about it. It just, it kind of looks obviously not similar, but it's got different parts of the car you can take from last year and bring it onto this year. So, uh, yeah, I found that quite. Interesting because other teams seem to look completely different to last year. Oh boys, this car, this car makes me happy. I I I don't know why, but the gut for this car for me is just oh yeah, I love it. I've been thirsting over this car all day. I think it's fantastic. I just I think it looks spectacular, and it's just it's oh, I don't know if that's just because I'm biased because this is my favourite livery that Mercedes have done. Um, and I like it a lot. I really like 
just really like it. Guys, I really like it. I really wanted to do well. And, you know, it looks great. Oh, my God, it looks great. Sorry, someone it, say it kind that, of, please. It, it kind of, it, I don't know, it just, com- it looks so kind of futuristic. I don't know, it kind of combines, I don't know, it, it, at least visually, it looks like there's a few maybe similarities with the kind of back end of the Aston, just in terms of how kind of, smooth and suave it looks and then the front <laughs> you know the front wing the front wing end plates are uh, just the whole front wing it's 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 kind of you know it's like the dolphin tail it's what all of the concepts you know people were doing it before these regs came out had and they've actually put them in yeah i think it looks fantastic it looks very big and very small at the same time I'm still not really figured that out in my head but you know hopefully i will do that at some point and yeah, it's just a question now is can it go as quickly as it looks? Well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know, but I hope Mercedes, so. We don't know, but for the last eight years, Mercedes have built a championship winning car. So what's to say that they're not going to do it for ninth? And I know everything has to come to to some kind of end, but it's hard not to back why? Why them. <laughs> well, that's a good question. It's <laughs> not... You've not had kind of, you know, the big like big departures or something that you'd think might precipitate the the biggest redesign of their power unit in about six or seven years, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting considering there's a freeze. But anyway, um it's it's uh, this new guy who's come in, Hal something or other, who's replaced Andy Carroll at Brixworth at HPP. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. It's, that's all right. That, that's to my um, my failings. But um, they've done a they've done a bit of an overhaul with that, and they've made some differences. They still they're still picking apart and growing. And I think that's what makes this team really interesting to me is that they're always picking up and picking up and going on and going on and moving forward. And where they've moved forward from is usually from quite far ahead of everyone else. And um, yeah, they, they didn't win the drivers' championship last year, but you know that's a open and shut case for debate. But anyway, um, it's I just yeah I think everything that you, you kind of can take as a as a baseline for Mercedes, like Nigel says, for the past eight years is that this is a team that wins championships and fights for championships and race wins. And if it isn't at the start, it will be at the end. It's that kind of thing. We saw how much they honed their machine in twenty twenty one. That that car in testing looked like it was trying to just drive the opposite direction to whichever way it was driving whenever it was being driven. Like you try and turn left, the back end will go right. You try and turn right, the back end will go left, that kind of thing. So, or just oversteer completely. It was a donut of a car. It wasn't a, it was, it was a hoonigan. But this one, if it's bad at the start, I trust Mercedes to hone it. And that's one of the things with this team, is I trust them to get the best out of this car very quickly even if it is lacking in some ways even if the ferrari bathtub um side pods mean that it's going to be some kind of spaceship away leading the field i just trust mercedes to do something ridiculous and just be like well we just put a good setup on it and now it's the best car in the world (laughs) and yeah i've got a bit delirious this episode (laughs) well what i was gonna say is i love it Whilst 
I don't know. I just, if there's going to be a year where they've got it wrong, it's going to be this year. That's that's what I'd say. And it's a good point. I, I don't know. I've just got this weird. I don't think they're going to have the best car. It always feels. I'm not sure. I can't say it's. We've not seen them out on track, so we can't say. But it's just there's something where there's something telling me Mercedes. This will be the first year they won't win a title since 2014. Can I ask Nigel a question? Yeah. Nigel, if you had to rank this constructed championship this year, is is it going to be Ferrari and everyone else is in like fifth? Uh, Mercedes will be probably second to Ferrari. (laughs) Everyone else will be fifth. (laughs) And then Hassa, tenth. Um, (laughs) I, I kind of get what you're saying in that there feels like there's more unknowns going into this year than every every year and and I know it's it's Mercedes and we've all talked about how they know how to be a great F1 team but when we talked at the end of last season we were saying actually kind of where where some you know some of the championship has come down to is Rebel executing as a team and Mercedes not and I I just think there are kind of more question marks we don't know how Hamilton and Russell are going to gel yet or where kind of they're going to fit in performance-wise against each other. And, you know, compared to, you know, say Ferrari, say um, Rebel with Perez and Sainz kind of in that clearly defined number two role, I just don't... I, I think there are question marks. I think there's more question marks than there have been over them as a team really since 2014, going into 2014. So... Yeah, it's. I know what you mean, but at the same time, I think you know you can. I think looking at the individual components, I think you can back Mercedes to make a good car. You can back them to make a good engine. You can, you can back Hamilton and Russell to be good drivers. I just think it's how it all goes together on a race weekend that I'm just a bit hesitant to back. Yeah, and I think that's the same. That's what we've got. To, the kind of caveat we've got to give everyone this year. Um, that it's hesitant to back everyone and anyone. And if we were to go out before testing and say, here's an order that we think the championship's going to finish in, we'd, you know, you're, you're destined to basically writing internet suicide and that kind of thing. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just not on. Unless you're... Well, we're speaking. We are speaking, but we're just speaking about random illusions. We're not speaking from a perspective of, um, I don't know, say we're a retired championship winning technical director we're not looking at it from that perspective where we studied the cars intently with so much and detail. even those people that they won't know as well you know yeah. no one knows how what it's, what it's gonna be like there's in f1 with new regs especially there's millions well yeah i'd say there's millions of different tiny factors they've all got to come together to produce a, you know a fast car a fast lap time so that is what every team has got unknowns it's just Mercedes with the history, with the drivers. That's the team you can definitely say they'll be up there. It's just whether they are one, two, yeah. three, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll they'll be competitive. I, I guess my thing is just comparing them to, say, Red Bull. I think Red Bull, we know the synergy between Verstappen and Perez is there. We know from last season that they nailed, you know, 90% of the kind of big calls that they needed to, and they've, you know, improved their car year on year over the last few years as well. So I think that's just 
com comparing those two teams particularly, I think there are, that's where my kind of questions come in is, I think for the first time in a long time, we're looking at it and, you know, we obviously we don't know how the cars will perform, but looking at all the other tangible aspects that we can look at, I'd say Red Bull might have kind of the upper hand in, in certain teams going into I don't know anything. Just, just, like, just like we've said throughout the podcast and last week, we'll have to see. <laughs> I really well, hope. Just, I really hope it's competitive. That's just what I'm hoping for, to be honest. I'm hoping all these guys are competitive because they all deserve to be competitive. And this is their chance. We can't have to... everyone being competitive. Uh, I know 20, we can. It's fine. Twenty it's different easy. winners. Yeah, it's easy. Oh, this is a bit, they've all got different philosophies, and that's fine. You, know, you could say. One team's got it right, one team's got it wrong. But we saw last year, Red Bull and Mercedes, they had very different cars, you know, short wheelbase, long wheelbase, different power units, different packages. Everything was different, yet they produced incredibly similar lap times and performances across the season. So mm. even though a team might have a very different looking car to another team, they might end up being quite similar when it comes to, to, to the speed. So... Excellent. That's point. the great thing about, about yeah, these yeah. new regs. And we've not seen Red Bull's car yet. It could have a rear wing made of bricks for a win. No, we don't know. Well, probably that would be that could. would be a poor idea. <laughs> so, is there anything else any of you want to add to the discussion? I've exhausted all of my F1 conversation for today. <laughs> oh, I, think I, like, I think I said something like this. I think I said something like this in. I think I said something like this in um, the Mazzy episode with Nigel yesterday that we did. Um, that it's just kind of, I'm just all good to be really excited about Formula One at the moment. And mm. these, these, some of these cars that have come out in the past two weeks have really just solidified that for me. And it's Merck, the Ferrari, just the, the utter wackiness of the Ferrari is just so exciting and interesting. And the, the, um, just the, the clean but sneaky attack kind of perspective you get from the Merck team at the moment that everything they were saying was just kind of like yeah we're gonna we're gonna give it our all with uh, there's a line in um drive to survive uh series two i think it is where toto wolf just says running a formula one team is very much like planning for wars like we're gonna crush them and <laughs> i just get the impression we like that, to see that <laughs> we love to see that i get the impression that it's just that times 10 from everyone at the moment it's just a bit just like yeah let's let's get in the fight and I'm excited for that. I'm really excited mm. for that. And I think, actually, that I is think... one point that I was kind of forgot to mention with Mercedes. I think the way last season finished, they will have many fires in their belly. They will have power stations, coal power stations in their bellies because they, you know, I believe they will, will not be happy with how last season ended. And I think that when we're looking at kind of extra, extra percent, extra 10%, I think that will be significant. Sorry, Nigel. There's going to be so many say, chips think, on their shoulder, they can make a chip butty. I think F1's reputation was tarnished a bit at the end of last year. But I think, you know, after a couple of months off, it's now really exciting again. We've got a massive reset with everything. New race directors, new rules, new cars. We've got one of the best grids in terms of talent and quality, probably this century. So everything is positive. And as long as we have two or more teams closely together at the front, there's no reason why this can't be, you know, just as exciting as last year. And last year was, you know, the best season, one of the best seasons ever. So everything is there. All of the ingredients, as Freddie pointed out earlier, 
are there for a great, great year. Mm. Yeah, I, I echo that. I think going into the start of January, it just felt a bit like F1 fatigue. And, you know, the, we took a bit of a break for recording and now it feels like coming back and the, you know, the launches and the starting these new, so exciting cars are uh, coming out. And yeah, it, it feels like things have moved on. Things are in the rearview mirror. We're ready to go for this season and we will be back next week to discuss more as things hype up as we get more and more excited but until then goodbye Woo!